Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. (laughs) (laughs) They were greeted with silence. Oh, boy. I just stared at your face. (laughs) Uh, I did that on purpose. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I didn't. You made this big production. Are you ready? And I said, yes. Silence. Just set everything up. Anyway, hi. Welcome back to our nameless uh, Animorphs podcast. Okay, still as yet to be named. We don't have a name yet, so bear well, with us. Well, by the time we post it, we'll have a name. Yeah, true. Okay. We'll edit that in. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. So- sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out before these are live. Yes. One hopes. All right. She said expectantly, staring. <laughs> <laughs> Something will happen. Anyway, I'm Casey. I'm Alex. And we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here recording episode two of our podcast about animals. Oh yeah. All right, so our first order of business is that we need to retcon on the previous discussion about the battle morphs, and we need to talk about that a little bit more, because uh, what did we decide? We wanted to have earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> <laughs> Land, air, and sea. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I like earth, wind, and fire Earth, wind, better. and fire. That's, I was wrong. That's, we're, we're going to retcon what we said a minute ago. Oh my god. And we're now doing That was an honest earth. mistake, I swear. <laughs> oh my god. It was the best mistake I've ever heard. Oh, Jesus. And, um, what would a fire morph even be? Um, oh, good question. Uh, I don't know, maybe, like, something that spits acid? Like that one beetle like that shoots that super hot fire acid out of its butt? I thought that was a blessed-ended screw. From Harry Potter. <laughs> That's well, a real animal. Actually, yeah, no, there is a real animal that shoots out like liquid fire out of its butt. It's like this beetle. Oh, great. Okay. Well, hell. Oh, that's way better. Yeah. That. that sounds oh amazing. wait. What? Can we have Harry Potter animals as their morphs? Because I'm no, definitely choosing a dragon. No, then. that would be too easy. <sighs> Dragon's a fire animal. Dang it. A dragon is a fire animal. Hmm. Okay, maybe skip the fire animal, because I don't know what that would be that's not a mythical creature. <laughs> and wind would be a bird. <laughs> wind would be a bird or flying apparatus of some sort. Wait. A flying cloud! Insects! Wait, flying it could be an insect. Insects fly. That's true. Insects do fly. Um, Or a flying squirrel, perhaps? Ooh, Very or vicious. a flying lizard. Oh, yeah. Or a fish. Oh, there's, there's flying fish? Flying fish. Yeah. That's, that does fly. Oh my god. None of these would be good battle morphs. <laughs> what if a flying fish was your battle morph? You'd be the most useless animorph of all time. <laughs> oh. oh my god. But what if you could like morph into a school of fish? Like, that doesn't make sense, but it would be really cool. It would be. Oh man. I'd try it. 
there's a Pokemon like that. It like appears as one fish, or it morphs into its school form, where it's like a bunch of fish, and it grows like twenty times its size, and it's terrifying. There's also a Pokemon that's an ice cream. So, okay, that's <laughs> very fair. That's a thing. Okay, so your your proposed battle morphs of All right. different varieties. So, um, my bird one. I mean, I'm gonna go with red tail talk. Okay, it's my favorite. They're okay. my babies. Your babies. My babies. So that's that. My land one. See, I'm having a lot of troubles now with my land one. So let's skip to my water one, <laughs> which of course would be an orca. Oh, yeah. That's of a course. Good one. That's a good one. That is very it's good. the only one. But we're going to have to come back to my land one still. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So I have uh, changed my land one, I think. Um, I well, I don't know if I've changed it, but I thought of another one that would be real cool, and that is a a moose, because from I've I've seen one moose in the wilds of Alaska, and it was just like walking along the side of a freeway, so it was fine. But like everybody knows, if you're from Canada or Alaska or someplace with moose, is that you don't fuck with moose. You don't. Like they may look big and stupid and have big dumb noses, but they're apparently very terrifying. They have wonderful little noses. They're so cute. But I'd pet they it. Fuck you up. They, they will. And they lick salt off your car, which is interesting. <laughs> That's how they get their super moose strength. Oh no. Um. So yeah, like a big bull moose that would be a little scary. Actually, a, a that'd be a lot scary. A a cow moose with a baby is about as scary, if not more so. What if? That what if like what if we morphed and those were things like I had to morph a baby moose and you had to morph the mom moose so I, so that my instincts would kick in yeah it, it would have to be like this a specific moose mother and child I feel like yeah do but think, it I, yeah do you think a cow would like take care of a, a oh for sure any baby okay yeah any you baby can totally right. they totally would take care of any baby okay it'd be like the fastball special for X Men. Like, between Colossus and Wolverine. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a terrible example. Oh, my God. The Animorphs version of the fastball special. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right. Where, where did this go? I don't know. How are we here? I don't know. Um, for my Airmorph, I would probably keep the Harpy Eagle, because yeah. that's fucking badass. And then, I don't know about Watermorph. Like, Orcas, that's a really good one. Um, but I feel like I can't use it sperm whale that's pretty badass i feel like they don't do much to no, they, they like eat giant squids they eat giant squids but they don't do much else with other things like orcas will like like grab a penguin or a seal and like flip it around and skin it by like flipping it into the air repeatedly like but that's that's hardcore orcas also flip sharks over to put them in that stasis state and then eat their livers out of their still alive bodies so yeah that's like you can't <laughs> you can't get you can't, more intense you don't than get an orca badass than oh an orca God. i mean you you could i mean great white shark is... they eat great white shark livers oh my god yeah i want to be the shark from deep blue sea Oh, yeah. That hella smart, crazy... And that would count, because it's a mutant shark. It so is you'd a get shark. their DNA. Oh, my God. So then you'd be, you'd be able to blow up entire bases. Well, if you're doing that, can I be the orca from... From Orca, orca. the Killer Whale? <laughs> <Or> orca. <laughs> I want to hunt that, down Dumbledore. That wonderful movie, Orca. 
It's such a good movie. Good God. It's a terrible movie. Okay. I, everything I just said was wrong. It's a terrible movie. It's, Don't watch it. Especially the end credits are bad. <laughs> With that song that, that plays. Horrible song. <laughs> anyway, this has gone on forever. Um, thank you. We're going whale watching tomorrow. Yay! Why are there now three we, copies of this? Now that we have just described in detail how whales are like vicious creatures that hunt down great whites and eat their livers out of their still alive bodies, we're going whale watching tomorrow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we don't know what we'll see. Something awesome, I'm sure. A whale. A whale. Just one. Just one whale. Just one whale. That would be worth the trip. It would be. I'm not. I wouldn't be disappointed by that at cool. all. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like a hippo can't be my land one. I really like your moose one. That's a great one. There's gotta be something. I mean, a bison. It's, it's like a. <laughs> I would tell too many jokes about just saying bison. Bison. <laughs> um. So one that I thought was um really badass that doesn't show up until the epilogue of the last book. Oh, but I'm just going to say it right oh. now. It's well, it's a spoiler, but it's not um really important to the plot. It's just kind of mentioned okay. is that somebody gets a hyena morph. Oh. And they said I know, right? That would be Ooh. badass. And then they'd like laugh like maniacs when they'd bite shit. Oh man. Yeah, so it was like this mental intimidation game too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Aha. Yeah, so that was really cool. <laughs> what else? Hmm. I just don't know. I just don't know. All right, we're going to go with that for now. This will probably be an ongoing... Every like, episode we'll redo our lineup. Yeah, we'll just we're think of, like, so better good. animals. And then we'll eventually find our fire animal. Oh, my God. Phoenix. Komodo dragon. Oh, I just saw an article the other day. Do you remember all the science guys in the 90s that said it was the bacteria in the Komodo dragon's mouth that would... Uh, poison the animal when they bite them to kill them. Yes. They just discovered they actually have venom sacs. They legitimately are venomous. Oh. And now we know about Komodo dragons. Cool. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Komodo dragons are terrifying. And they are, huge. They're wonderful. They'll kill you. I love it when people walk them on leashes. I'm like, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's always that? a zookeeper. Like, oh, okay. It's not like a random person. It's not like a random person. <laughs> like, hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Nice dragon, yo. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. <laughs> now I want to do that. Now I want to be that guy. Okay. Do it. Actually, All right. I wonder what kind of crazy permits you would need. Anyway, we're getting way off track. Well, I mean, you can buy a giraffe for like, <sighs> you know like twenty thousand dollars if you have the right permits that's true it's not even that much uh. anyways <laughs> okay all right we're gonna talk about now to the task at hand to to the animorph mobile the, <laughs> to the animorph to the mystery machine to the mystery animorph mobile oh my god um, oh my god they are like i just realized they're like the scooby squad kind of like tobias is scooby-doo oh god <laughs> Rachel is like Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake is Jake Fred. is Fred, and and like those are all the names Cassie I know. Is, is Velma, and oh my god, Velma's one with the glasses. That's right, and then Daphne. Hmm. Is it Daphne? Yeah, Daphne. Okay. <laughs> I. Oh, Marco <my>. is Daphne. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god anyway that's, anyways that's a weird comparison that was a very weird comparison okay we're gonna talk about animorphs number two the visitor who is the visitor is that is that the cat like to the oh. house you know like i've been wondering that ever since i finished the book who is the visitor like the invasion i get but i don't know is Ra- i guess rachel's the visitor in in the house She's visiting okay uh, I'll buy that. I can come I'll buy with. that for now. I'll buy that. Okay. So what happens in well, the visitor? We start off quite literally guns ablaze. Guns ablaze. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, it's like literal. Yeah. Literally. Okay. In the first page or three of the book, what happens is they're all flying in bird morph, and it, it's Rachel's. It's the normal um, opening of like. You, I can't tell you who I am or where I'm from, and these are all my friends and their characteristic traits. Yep. And so we get a reintroduction every chapter, or every book, which is awesome. Um, and then right after Rachel says something like, I'm a normal kid, then again, I guess normal kids aren't eagles. And then they're all flying and hanging out. And, uh, and Tobias immediately challenges Rachel to a dive, and they go careening at the ground. It's Extreme. a dive date. It's a dive date. <laughs> Except everyone else is there too, so it's kind of well. Yeah, it's kind of like a double date, but then Marco's like the sixth, like fifth the wheel. Fifth wheel. <laughs> Marco's the worst. Oh. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> that actually in the TV show, I'll just say a funny thing right here. There's the episode where they all go to the school dance, and oh I no, know. they all start pairing off, and at the end of it, Marco and X are sitting next to each other, and X keeps looking at Marco, and Marco's like, no. No. Aww. And he's like, one dance and I lead. And then Marco and Axe <laughs> dance together awkwardly. Oh, that's amazing. It's kind of adorable and kind of weird. Aww. But it's pretty, it is I pretty love funny. that. I, I love Axe at all times. Anyways, wow. back to this book. <laughs> We've already gone off track oh, by man. page three. Yeah. Um, so they're all flying around and having a good time. They go into this dive. They go careening at the ground. And suddenly there's like bullets whizzing past them. So they dodge it like Neo in the Matrix. They do dodge it. Then, like as soon as the muzzle flashes, then dodge left. And so Rachel does, and she's like, oh, "My instincts are taking over." It's like she lets the the eagle do the dive, right? And then she takes over to dodge bullets, which is pretty badass. Yes. So next thing they end up doing is dive bombing the hillbillies. Oh, also Rachel makes some comment about like. I can't believe those guys are shooting at me. I'm an endangered species because she's a bald eagle. And I was just like, I remember when bald eagles were endangered? I do, after they... the DDT scare. Yeah. Do we want to start talking about Rachel Carson and Silent Spring? Oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, do we? I mean, we could. I, it wasn't a scare. DDT was terrible. I mean, it was. Totally. Yeah. We need to regulate that. But it's still a problem in South America because it's not regulated down there. That's why we have a lot of uh, migratory species like broadwing hawks having issues. Aww, babies. I know. But eagles are not endangered. They are anymore. no longer endangered. They're that like was... they're everywhere in Alaska. They just like sit on telephone poles like crows. And even on the Mississippi too, by Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see them. Yeah. In Minnesota. I mean, uh, I don't live there. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, it's true. We don't live anywhere. We don't live anywhere. You'll never know. We can't tell you who we are. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, what an awesome thing to be able to say, though. Like, what, Eagles to are no date longer. it on, from the 90s, yeah. Yeah. Because they're no longer endangered. Yay! Yay! <laughs> they're not extinct, too, which is more than they're we can not. say for some other animals since the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if we're going with a positive spin, let's keep it to eagles. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Eagles. They're not endangered. Yay! So, um, they're so not endangered that what happens is uh, Rachel goes and dive bombs a bunch of hillbillies. She steals a gun from them. Yeah. Steals a rifle. Yeah. And more importantly, Marco steals the beer can from yes. the guy's and can. crushes it in his... Cr- Was he an osprey? Yeah. Yeah, he's an osprey. Crushes in his it in his zygodactyl talons. I, I have this mental image. You know how ospreys, like, like turn their legs sideways when yes. they're on a fish and they look like they're surfing? I'm imagining Marco doing that with a beer can. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And it would be even cooler if it was, like, facing behind him, saw the beer trail spraying out yeah. behind him. He's, like, on a hoverboard or something. <laughs> A beer hoverboard across the sky. So that's what happened. Picture that clearly in your mind. Yeah, Rachel flying away with a holding a rifle. rifle. She mentioned she was the only one that was big enough to hold that rifle. Right. And uh, so she's flying away. And, and she then, throws it into the ocean. Yeah, that's the other thing. She instantaneously flies a mile out over the ocean. Well, I mean, it's, I know it's not instantaneous, but it like goes from like I stole a gun to I threw it out a mile into the ocean. That is a lot that's of a flying. Long, that's a long way. And not very many thermals. Yeah. But, you know, she probably she, did it through sheer willpower alone. Or she exaggerated about how she's, far. Maybe the current took it there. Yeah. It, it's She's a badass anyways. Yeah. yeah. She, the first, first few pages, she steals a gun, throws it into the ocean, makes some quips about how this guy shouldn't have guns. Marco makes a joke about underage drinking because yep. the guy looks underage. Yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great. And then they all fly to a church. Yep, it all goes south from here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I meant that. I mean, <laughs> I meant that in terms of the book, uh-huh. not the church. That was not a commentary on my feelings on religion. Okay. <laughs> I just meant this book's gonna get so much worse. Okay. They've all figured out how to morph in their morphing suits now. Yeah, but the girls did it first. Remember, because girls are better than boys. <laughs> Anyways, as they're deer morphing, um, Cassie once again shows off and demorphs with her wings being the last thing to come in. Oh, yeah. And um, they say she looks like an angel, whereas everybody else, like Rachel, has chicken legs, and Marco is standing there looking like a boy, but with giant osprey feet. Oh, my gosh. And in my head, th- what I imagined originally when reading this is that the wings grew with her body size, kind of like how Marco's feet grew to be, like, giant osprey feet. Mm-hmm. But rereading it, it said something about its five-foot wingspan. And that's, like, I mean, that's a big wingspan. But that's, like, the normal osprey size, almost. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I was, all of a sudden I'm realizing, like, it went from imagining Cassie standing there with giant, like, wings for yeah. arms that are, like, 20 feet long to her standing there with tiny little osprey, like, shoulder. But remember, as they mentioned, Cassie weighs only 80 pounds. Right. <laughs> and then, so who even knows? And then Jake, ever the smart person, goes, can you fly like that? <laughs> with your tiny little chicken wings hanging off your shoulders. And no keel. And no keel. Nothing to attach and that And no hollow to. bones. And, yeah. And then Cassie laughs, I weigh 80 pounds. I'm like, dude, I wish I weighed 80 pounds. <laughs> Stupid 12-year-old. Oh. <laughs> so, that's where we got the stats on Cassie's weight from the last episode, by the way. In case anyone was I, wondering. I, like, I'm only commenting on it because, like, that feels very tiny to me. But I do remember it's that they're, very like, tiny. 12. But I don't know. As a 12-year-old? As a 12-year-old? I don't know. 
I don't remember how like, much I weighed when I'm I was 12. I'm pretty sure I was almost at my full height by 12. What was I even doing at 12? I was, what, 6th seventh, grade? 7th seventh seventh grade. grade. Um, what was that, 2000? Some undetermined amount yeah, of 2000. Yeah, I, I have anyway. no idea what that would be, but I remember myself in 7th grade, and I remember being more than 80 pounds. Okay. Like, I was, I, I mean, I'm, I was, like, built like a tank, but <laughs> it was more than 80 pounds. Anyway, I, I just picture Cassie as being, like, five foot nothing. Like, she, yeah, very, I, very I agree with that. She would be a very tiny 12-year-old. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, 80 pounds is more, like, first or second grade, not, like... First or second grade? Third really? or fourth grade? Uh, 80 pounds is, like, not I don't a know. lot. I feel like this... Might be something to look up. <laughs> how how fat are kids? How much <laughs> six year twelve year olds weigh? <laughs> That's uh oh okay. The average height for a twelve year old girl is fifty nine inches. The average weight is ninety three pounds. So she was shorter and tinier. Yeah, but right. not too far off. I guess she's not. She her growth chart levels are slightly below half. Okay. So it's not out of control. It's not. It's not completely out of control. Okay. We are close. Anyway. Any. She just hadn't hit her growth spurt yet. Apparently. Plus, she helped out a lot with the chores. She probably kept really lit. Yeah. 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 Active lifestyle. Now that we've talked about this for entirely too long. All right. Oh man. Um. So we kind of jump right back into the animorphs where they are in regards to this battle and marco is still very reluctant he doesn't want to do this again he's he's there to help out jake kind of like he said in the first book because they're best friends because they're best friends for life romance and uh tobias doesn't really have a choice anymore because he's a bird oh yeah And and they like when they're changing back they kind of accidentally kind of bring that up in a very insensitive Way-ish. They do. Yeah. They do. And it's, I, I think it's one of those things where they keep saying things and then being like, ah, damn it. Damn He's going to take that the Whoops. wrong way. Yeah. But to be totally fair to Tobias, he never makes any snide comments. And yeah. They even mention that actually in the, in the book where, um, Rachel says something about how flying is nice, and then Tobias goes like, "Yeah, but so is like sitting on the couch with a bag of chips." Oh, oh, I made a note. I made a note. I made a note. Oh, uh, I think that's later because it's. It probably is late. It's in this book though, so it's not a spoiler. Technically, on a technicality. Yes, and it's totally incidental. Uh, Tobias mentioned a can of pop, which. The term pop is very region exclusive as that's far as true. like a term. Like a lot of places use soda or Pepsi. But pop is very like I just wonder if that's a clue as to their location. Or if that's like KA Applegate's kind of way of saying Where soda is pop. Pop Well, K. A. Applegate was writing these, I believe, in Minnesota at the time. Really? She was writing them there. Because, okay. yeah. Cause she yeah, uses I was about the... to say, I, we say pop in Minnesota. Okay. Because she we. goes to the Raptor Center, like, and that's oh, how she has research. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. Of course you or have. Or have I? <laughs> You'll never know. I've been to Minnesota once. Or twice. Which you think Minnesotans would say soda, because Minnesota. <laughs> God, my that's, accent's that's coming not, out. This is terrible. Not what I would have thought at all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I've, I grew up kind of 
all over, so I kind of... I use soda pop. I see. Okay. Looks like, according to this map that I've pulled up, uh, (laughs) pop is mostly... Oh, okay. The website... Should we say websites? Are we allowed to do that? Uh, It's popversussoda.com. They didn't pay us to say that. Yeah. We just need their information. It's the the first result on Google. (laughs) It's the Um, Google number one result for pop versus soda is popversussoda.com. Oh, boy. (laughs) How's that for SEO? (laughs) (laughs) So pop is pretty limited to the upper half of the United States, except for a little bit of Wisconsin and the entire East Coast. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, soda is the kind of 13 colonies area, a little bit of Illinois, Michigan, and, uh, what is that? Arizona, California? Looks like. And then the South is Coke, of course. And then it's kind of a smattering in Alaska and other places. So, I don't know, West Coast? Oregon, Washington area? I'm still trying to figure this out, so... I know, but I'm not going to say it. You know? Okay. I do know. Okay. Anyway, this is... We're going off on a lot of of tangents in this particular episode. We'll get through the plot eventually. I like like rationing through this, though, using the context clues to figure out where they are. Gotta keep our audience interested. (laughs) Keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. Oh, man. All right. So, but yeah, um, Tobias mentions that, and... It's pointed out that he says it in a way that's not self, like, he's not like, oh, boo-hoo, me, I don't sure. get to sit on the side. So, you know, that's cool. Tobias is being cool so far, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, not much is said about Cassie in this one about how she feels yet. Yeah. She's more just the mediator. And then Jake has kind of, more so in the last book, we see him taking on this reluctant leader role mm-hmm. at this point. Which, uh, later in the book, we see him really get his first kind of big leader victory, I think. I'll bring that up later. Oh, man. And so, um, Marco and Rachel continue the relationship of, um, constantly getting on each other's nerves, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh-huh. And, they have some uh, good banter. They have some really good banter. I really appreciate it, because Marco is, like... Rachel gets him good sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what I really, truly appreciate about Marco's character is when somebody gets him good, he doesn't get upset like a lot of people who are, like, the class clowns, kind yeah. of. Yeah. He's like, damn, you yeah, got respect. me. respect. Respect, mad respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. They continue that. Oh, man, I have Alex notes about this. Oh, Don't boy. read them. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I actually have a lot of notes to skip past about this because I have very strong feelings about the Marco and Rachel relationship that I need to discuss with you at a later date. (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, and then one thing that really cracked me up was there was this very American moment of, like, Rachel's, like, we have to get them. We have to do it. We have to get them. And she was talking about the Yerk pool, and Marco's like, get who, suspiciously? Rachel goes, the French. It just feels so, like, American to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So, that happened. Um, And then Rachel starts bringing up uh, gymnastics, which was a very big thing in this book. More so, like, I don't... I know she does gymnastics, and I always start out strong knowing she does gymnastics, and it's an important part of her life, Mm -hmm. and then I completely forget that she does it. (laughs) Every time I read these books. Um, and she brought up Shannon Miller, who I had to Google. 
and it's Shannon Lee Miller Falconetti, and she's a former artistic gymnast. And she was like in 1993 through 1996, she did important things, and then now she's like a lifestyle coach. Okay, I had to Google that though. I had no idea who Shannon Miller was. I mean, we were like five in the 90s, so yeah, and I like hockey like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I liked figure skating, but much later in life. I liked figure skating so, later. In any case, neither of us knew neither anything, anything about, about gymnastics. gymnastics. <laughs> and neither of us were in gymnastics like some other kids. I'm the I most think. inflexible person. I'm very clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, neither of us were going to gymnastics. Yeah, so neither of us knew who Shannon Miller was. No. So I But now her. we do. Now we, we learned do. something. We learn something every time we read the these The more books. you know. <laughs> the more you know. Okay. Um, so all this great stuff happens. We have a lot of witty banter, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, Rachel, who is at gymnastics and having interactions with Melissa Chapman, which don't go well. Melissa Chapman's not very receptive. She's kind of weird and shady and their friendship has fallen apart. Um, right after and she's this. been acting weird in the past few months. I wonder. <laughs> if only she would join the sharing, she oh. could have a community to support her. <laughs> flying saucers. No one believes in flying no. saucers. Come to the sharing. Come to the sharing. It's <laughs> We don't have flying saucers. We do have flying saucers. <laughs> what if that's their tagline, the sharing? We do not have flying saucers. <laughs> oh, God. That's not what the sharing tagline is. I don't no. know what it is, but it's not that. We share because we care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, to take an extremely dark turn, Rachel walks home, and she oh, almost yeah. gets kidnapped and murdered. Oh, yeah. She's walking home by herself, and, and some creep pulls up in a car and is, like, being really creepy and, mm -hmm. and ew. Very ew. Very, very ew. Very ew. And I wrote a lot about this because um, at the time when this happened, when I was reading this book, was I was living in Canada and we have a very, very strong, prominent stranger danger program. I remember as a kid reading this and being like, yeah, get him. Oh, and like, God, I was so supportive of, I was like, if someone tried to kidnap me, like, I would just yeah. turn around and scream at them, like pretend to be an elephant now. Yeah. Like I had a plan. God. Like, if every woman could do that, like, freaking. <laughs> every woman. Only women can morph in this new world that we're creating just this second. Oh my God. And whenever a man tried to kidnap, I guess a man or a woman, whenever anyone tried to kidnap them and yeah. murder them, they would just turn around. Morph into some sort of. Morph into something horrific. Yeah. Half morph it, not even full morph it. Yeah. Oh, and it man. doesn't even have to be a scare tactic. You can morph into a cheetah and run the fuck away. You can morph into a bird and fly away. Or you can morph into a lion and claw their eyes out. I was hoping you were going to say something about morphing into a horse so I can make a Sarah Jessica Parker joke. <laughs> <laughs> didn't... into an elephant and turns around and scares the crap out of this guy and he goes running off and I have reading this as an adult and like as an avid fan of like of true crime I'm so horrified <laughs> like 
do you know what he could have done to her? I'm I could be her mother now. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I God. have so many feelings. Oh. I couldn't be her mother. I'm not that old. I would have had to have a kid. But She'd be your mother. She'd be my mother. <laughs> Rachel would be my mother. Uh, so, um, so yeah, she half morphs into an elephant. The guy <laughs> pees his pants and runs away. He doesn't pee his pants, but I, I hope he that probably he, he could have. He she could've. didn't say it she, started he to didn't. rain, so no one would ever know. True. And then uh, the Chapmans show up. Melissa Chapman and her father Chapman. I don't know his first name. I think it's just Chapman. I think it's just Chapman. Okay. Chapman, the assistant principal controller man. Mr. is his first name. Pull up and and offer her a ride home. They do. And we don't know at this point if Chapman saw her half morph. Right. So it's terrifying. Yes. Also, her shoes have broken. Yes, which is problematic. Yes. But Rachel played that off super yeah, cool. Yeah, that was smooth. She's she's pretty smooth, smooth on occasion. Yeah, yeah. So she gets out of the car and they're like, what happened to your shoes? And Rachel's like, I told you I had to go shopping. Right, because earlier she invited Melissa to go shopping with her. Melissa said no, and she didn't want to hang out with her. She's being shady. Shady. And this whole time, Rachel's very concerned that she's being a bad friend. And she's very concerned that she's oh, not being loyal. Right, because... The others told Rachel to spy on Melissa because her father was a controller. Right, and they wanted to get in on... They're like, go spy on Chapman by yeah. being Melissa's friend. Right, and Rachel felt like a bad friend for doing that. Yeah, yes. because Rachel's super loyal, which... I wrote a... I got a little poetic about that later on, about Rachel's loyalty and how it ties her to the team and keeps her... I have a question for you. Yeah, let me know. Okay, if the characters were in Hogwarts houses, what houses would they oh, be God. in? Well, Jake would be Gryffindor. Let's knock that right out of the... Mm-hmm. Marco would be Ravenclaw. Really? I think he's really smart. Well, we take the smart ones in Ravenclaw. <laughs> 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 we... I am. Um, no, that's... Hmm. So, this is where it gets hard. Well, Cassie would be a Hufflepuff. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you disagree with every single choice I've Actually, said. Yeah, I could see Cassie as a Hufflepuff since she's kind of the mediator. She's kind of, like, not very extreme, you know, personality. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that one for sure. All right, so we have one out of five. Okay. Um... Do you feel like any of them are Slytherin? I feel like Rachel could be a Slytherin. Hmm. I love her. She doesn't look evil, which is how you sort of Slytherin. But, like, <laughs> I feel like she is all about kind of the badassery and kind of the glory and doing the right thing, even though the right thing can get her into trouble sometimes, which is very Gryffindor, I feel. It. But she's also willing to do whatever it takes. That's true. And... It changes based on what book you'd ask me. Uh-huh. Do you, like, if we're putting True. them in okay. houses right now... Okay, let's yeah. revisit this, like, later on in the series. Okay. Once, like, everyone After the David arc, in. let's come back okay. to this. Okay, that's a good idea. Wait, David? No, no, you'll find out. All right. <laughs> I don't know anything! After the David arc, we'll come back and revisit this. Okay. Yeah. Yet another tangent. That and we also, on. we don't even have the full full team yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to come back to What would Tobias be, though? 
Well, I don't know. Let me think about that. Okay. We'll revisit this. Hogwarts houses. We'll come back to that. Yeah, let's do it once when we have the full team together, and then once after the David arc, and then maybe, maybe once again. Hogwarts houses. I'm writing that in my notes. All right. Anyway, back to the plot. Back to the plot where Rachel escapes stranger danger by becoming an elephant person. Yes. Um, gets in the car with Chapman. She's like staring at the back of his head like, I know there's a nerk in there wrapped around your brain. Gross. Yeah, that's super gross. And Chapman's just kind of like blankly staring at her. She doesn't know if she's giving herself away. She's mm-hmm. panicking. And then she gets super smooth at the end of it. Rachel's so cool. So smooth. She's so cool. And then we get to meet some of Rachel's family, which is cool. We do. Her younger sisters. I think we only meet one at this time, right? I... We only meet Jordan. We're introduced... We know she has two younger sisters, Jordan and Sarah. Um, And we meet her mom, who we find out immediately is a lawyer who's uh, not a very good cook and putting together a file for the... The case. And is divorced from her father, who is a weatherman. Right. And this is mentioned a couple times in the books, in this book, um, but it's not. Rachel's really well adjusted with it. Seemingly, yeah. She's seemingly. And it, it doesn't blow up in her face as a plot point in this book. Like, yeah. she's, like, well adjusted. Sure. Which is great. Um, yeah. So, and then her younger sisters are there. Um, she does mention her younger sisters are more like her mom, and she's more like her dad. We haven't really met her dad yet, so it doesn't mean much now. Mm-hmm. Um, but her mom seems like a really badass lady, so that's cool. Badass lawyer lady. Badass lawyer lady. And, uh, Jordan's pretty awesome, as we'll find out a little later in the book. Mm-hmm. She's a nice, nice kid. They decide that to get into Chapman's house, since Rachel can't seem to crack the whole... BFF thing. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. She can't get in with Melissa. She can't get in with Melissa. They gotta go to plan B. They gotta go to plan B, which is invite everybody over to my house and look at pictures of my past and realize that, oh, yeah, Melissa Chapman has a cat. A cat? Oh, Speaking man. Speaking of cats, mine Speaking just jumped into my lap. Yes. And this, we were talking about your particular cat earlier because she only has three legs. She does. And we were talking about how we could never use this to sneak into your house because if we tried to morph her, we'd have four legs. It's and true. We'd be immediately found out. Because that's how DNA works. That's how DNA works. Yeah. So, we can't ever sneak in here. No. Using morphing technology. Also, Lena would probably attack herself because she hates cats. But she, she couldn't... I mean, this... I, what would happen, really though? know. Where her mind explode? Well, yeah, like later in this book when Fluffer McKitty meets Fluffer McKitty. Oh my god. Which, greatest name ever for a cat. Oh my god, I, why? What, you don't name your animals Fluffer Mick whatever the animal is? I have some typos in mine, and his name is Flutter at several points. Flutter? Flutter. (laughs) Like Fluttershy. Oh, what? pony. Next pigeon I get, Flutter McPigeon. Flutter McPigeon. That's it. It's down in the books now. Has Perfect. to happen. Perfect. Flutter McPigeon. Well, I mean, it can't be worse than Dr. Princess Kesha, PhD, <laughs> which is the actual name of one of my pigeons. Yep. And the Kesha is with a dollar sign. Yep. In case anyone's wondering. <laughs> because you thought Kesha was a girl. Because you thought Kesha was a girl. He's a large male pigeon, the largest pigeon I have. The most angry of all. The most angry, the most conniving one. Pigeon yep. of them all. Like, honestly, that should probably just be my air battle morph, because I'd win everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
ha, a pigeon? No, no, no. This is Kesha. This pigeon. This pigeon. <laughs> oh, Ooh. God. So, anyways, they, they realize that Melissa has a cat that she got for her birthday. And um, Rachel says a few years ago and then gets very upset when, like, she says the wrong one. Oh, does that give us an age? Did she give us a... Sorry, what? Did she give us a school year that they got the cat? Oh, um, they did mention something like that. That gave me the impression that everyone was 13 or 14. Perfect. But and 80 pounds. And 80 pounds. So we know their weights. We know their generic <laughs> We're getting ages. closer. We're getting closer. We're going to crack this one, guys. Oh, boy. Oh, God. I mean... It'll tell us eventually. Will it? We'll we'll sort it out. Okay. Not explicitly, okay. but we'll sort it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We we know they're not old enough to drive or even approach driving. Except Marco. Except Marco. <laughs> who's an excellent driver. He is. Oh god. So uh they they get the cat. They they get Fluffer McKitty, or they're going to get Fluffer McKitty, and they're going to sneak into the house and they're going to just kinda wander around and see what they can find. Oh, but 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 how do they get the cat? We're not there yet. We're still at the picture. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were, like, skipping way ahead. No, I was like, wait, wait, wait. No, now I'm just sassing you about oh, this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm horrible. I apologize. So they come up with a plan to get the cat, and yeah. then they're going to infiltrate the house. Yeah. And do some recon. Yep, that's the plan. That's the plan. That is indeed the plan. And uh, I believe they act on this right away. And they, yep. like, go over, and they're like, we're going to go find this cat. So they have Tobias flying around looking for the cat, and uh, that works out well, and he starts going on about juicy mice, and Marco has another moment with Tobias, where they're talking about, oh, yeah. I can't have a friend that eats rats, oh. and it's like, oh, and Ouch. immediately both Jake and Rachel are like, come on. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Jake's like, I ate a spider, I guess we can't be friends. What he could have said is, you know you eat, on average, eight spiders a year. <laughs> Not true facts, by the way. That is totally untrue. I mean, you probably ate a certain amount of bugs when you eat, like, Cheetos and stuff. When though. you eat Fig Newtons, you eat, like, wasps' heads. Ew. Yeah. That's why like... I don't eat Fig Newtons. That's the only reason why? I, I mean, like Fig Newtons. There's... I don't know. I mean, they're boring, but I like them. I... Okay. I'd eat them. I'd eat you wasps. You get that extra protein from the wasp heads. It's honestly what I'm in there for is the extra protein. There you go. You need to build some muscle strength. Better than that protein birthday cake shake. Oh, God. That stuff's horrible. Don't buy that. Don't ever buy <laughs> birthday cake flavored protein powder. God. It's bad for you. Anyway. Um... <laughs> After that sidebar. <laughs> yeah, so um, Marco, and he's he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he says a little, he says a little a dick thing. <laughs> This is a little. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded not what I wanted it to sound like. Um, I I liked it. Okay. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, he's mean to Tobias. He's mean to Tobias, but Tobias uses his superior eyesight to still find the cat. Yep. And at this point, they come up with I believe their most harebrained scheme to oh, date. Hang on. Yes. I know what house Tobias would be in. What house? Hufflepuff. Because he's good at finding things. Oh god. <laughs> Because he's a particularly good finder. He's a particularly good finder. Oh, God. Go watch a Harry Potter musical. If Go you, do it. Yeah, if you don't understand probably four of the references we've thrown out already, yeah, just, watch a Harry Potter musical. Just go watch that. You'll understand everything forever. You will. And you'll thank us, too. Good. Yeah, because it's a, it's a joy. And if you like Darren Chris, it'll be an extra joy for you. Yes. And also, you came in in a really weird way to Darren Chris. Yes. 
man. His hair was out of control back then. Anyway. His hair's still out of control. Anyway. So he finds the cat. He um, does. And Rachel and Cassie go over there to try and obtain the cat. Except he is apparently an unneutered male. They don't determine if he's neutered. Rachel just says, I don't know, in a very offended oh. tone. In any case, he's very aggressive. He's a very aggressive male cat. And he kills them. And that's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry, all. guys. Thanks for joining us on the Animorphs podcast. This has been great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a terrible ending for the book. Oh, man. <laughs> So anyways, what actually happens yeah. is um, Cassie, who is not afraid at all to shove her entire arm down a rabid wolf's mouth, is like, a tomcat? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> Hell no. You know? I'm out. <laughs> I no problem at all helping my mom the giant, like, with the giant gorillas and the tigers. Oh, but, like, you asked me to catch a tomcat. That's a little inappropriate. <laughs> so she's like, well, we didn't bring gloves, and I'm the only one with my rabies shots. Oh, yeah. So, that's problematic. And uh, then they chase him up a tree. Yes. And they call the fire department, because that's what you do when a cat's in a tree. It's true. They didn't do that, though. No. No, that would be too smart for, also, for our they, gang of kids. They were on some stranger's lawn, which would have been <laughs> right. kind of weird. That's right. They also mentioned how they just kept hanging out in strangers' yards yeah. in their bushes. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> So they don't call the cops. They, they come up with the brilliant idea of um, turning Rachel into a mouse. Or I think Rachel comes up with the idea of turning herself into a mouse. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. It's the worst one. But it moves the plot forward, so it's it's fine. I mean, there's just so many other ways they could have gone about that. Yeah. Like, they could have... They could have, like, had Tobias... No, he wouldn't have picked up the cat. The cat no, he refused. Him. Yeah, he refused to pick up the cat. He said to Rachel, don't ask me to pick up the cat. Yeah. He was like, no comprende. That's the wrong word. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish he had said that now. No, no point. No, Rachel, I don't understand. <laughs> I Well, I guess with the morphs, they, well, they could have gotten Marco to be Big Jim. Gorillas and cats have a great rapport. Oh, yeah. Coco. Yeah, he could have sign language that cat out of the tree. Oh, Coco was so sad when the cat passed away. But this one didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gotten Jake to go full tiger. I'm just going to keep suggesting yeah, yeah, battle yeah. morphs to catch this cat I was in a say, Someone could have morphed a giraffe and, like, extended. That would have been very conspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> so would a gorilla yeah, and a, a Siberian tiger. tiger. Yeah, okay. Cassie could have morphed into her horse and done nothing. <laughs> I'm a horse. I'm a horse. She could have just eaten grass on the neighbor's front lawn to distract them while these kids went battle morph to get. That's about as good as the plan Rachel came up with. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, the actual plan was to get a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and to bring that mouse over and to put it under the tree, and to entice the cat down onto the mouse. So they of course sent Tobias to go catch a mouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently now it's all acceptable. You know, Marco didn't say anything at this juncture. But whatever, Marco. Uh. So he goes to catch a mouse and um, completely misidentifies and catches a shrew. He says it's a baby mouse. I don't think they look that similar. And for somebody who has eyes that good, he should have known. I'm gonna Google. 
but I guess because of his sheltered home life, he doesn't know the difference between looks nothing like a mouse. Nothing at all like a mouse. They have weird little noses. They do. They have weird. Oh, look at this one with its open mouth. Ew. Yeah, it's got some jankety teeth. It's got some horrifying teeth. And but apparently blind. it eats, like, dead bodies and stuff, so what, what do you expect? It eats expect? dead bodies? Oh, God, look at this. Look at its tongue. Oh, that's an elephant shrew. That's a totally different... That's animal. adorable and terrifying. Anyway, <laughs> we're looking at pictures of shrews that you can't see. You're welcome. Hooray! And that's a mole. That's not even a shrew. Yeah, that's This a mole. Google search is messed up. Oh, look at this. It's an elephant shrew. <laughs> It's a half elephant, half Someone shrew. photoshopped an elephant that's trunk onto the shrew. Funny. Anyway, that's a it. good visual pun. Okay, so, so she, she gets she gets a shrew. She gets a shrew, and, and she uh, and Marco makes a joke about her being a shrew. Oh yeah, yeah. which would have flown over my head as a child. Yeah, I would not have gotten that. I only know about that because I saw the um, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is an adaptation of The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. So I kind of knew what a shrew was. Because of that. So, I've, I'm just gonna say right now, I've never read Taming of the Shrew, and in my head, it's always been about a circus that has shrews as all of their acts. <laughs> it is not about that at all. <laughs> and the cover art for it that I imagine is a man with a whip and a shrew. <laughs> a tiny shrew. <laughs> a tiny shrew. I think in my head it's like a poodle size shrew. Oh, okay. But that's, still, ugh. that's that's a horrifying size shrew. <laughs> so that's that's the taming of the shrew as told by me. Well, there you go. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> Rachel's a shrew. Rachel's a shrew. She turns into the shrew and she freaks the fuck out. Yeah, like worse than Jake turning into a lizard. She's like out of control. Yes, and this Tobias has to capture her. He do- which really seems like a bad idea. Yeah, that seems counterproductive. But it helps, because he goes, think about school, and she's like, oh, shit. I hate school. I hate school. It was like... We all hate school. She's like, I, I'm panicking, my life is horrible, and Tobias is like, think about school, where you don't have any of your homework done, and everything's horrible. And she's like, yes, that panic is worse than the shrew's panic. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't think that's actually what happened. That's what I wanted to imagine. Sure. But, um, yeah, so Tobias breaks breaks through to her, and uh, this is, Rachel's just, she's not the best equipped for handling panic, because her response is always so forceful. Like, yeah. she's always, she's, like, always ready to go into battle, ready to do things. So, like, yeah. when you throw panic at her, she's not like the other kids that can kind of, like, mm-hmm. like Jake. He's like, we're panicking, but you know, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This yeah. is, And, you know, he can kind of overcome it. Rachel's kind of stuck. She just panics, for, blind panics for a while. Is it because she's so brave that she doesn't know how to handle fear? So, what I think um, is if we look at the, when she's morphing Fluffer McKitty, she never fully lets go of the animal brain. Right. And this isn't so different when they're flying. They all do that because they need the birds to fly for them. Right. But Rachel, when the other animal, when the other animorphs kind of dominate the animal, Rachel seems to really lean on her animal brain. And when she's the cat, she still keeps that confidence and that assertiveness. Yeah. And so I think she just is not good. She she always like holds on to that mm-hmm. that little bit of the animal. And I think it's because she's so, she is so brave, but 
she's always brave because she's doing it for someone else or covering for someone else. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it makes her worst morpher. Hmm. I think Rachel could arguably be the worst morpher of all of them. I cannot form an opinion yet, but maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Eventually. Next time. <laughs> Next time. So, um, the, the plan, as stupid as it is, does work, and she doesn't get instantaneously killed like they were worried about. Mm-hmm. Marco, grab- Marco, yeah, grabs Fluffer out of thin air. I, literally out of thin yeah. air. He just appears and grabs him around the waist. Yeah. Which, if you've ever tried to grab a cat doing anything, is just It's, it's hard. Impossible. Cats are liquid. They are liquid, and cats that are hunting are, like, liquid steel. Yeah. And some cats start thrashing when you grab them when, when they don't want to be grabbed. I think Fluffer McKitty did. Didn't he get a few swipes out of Marco? Yeah, he, he killed them all. He killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> they all died. <laughs> this is the end of the book. <laughs> oh, God. So many false endings here. Oh, boy. Yeah. So many red herrings. So many red herrings. Okay, so they grab the cat. They grab the cat, and Rachel goes, yeah, let's do this again tomorrow. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, because being a shrew was horrifying. It was, and then she has nightmares about wanting to eat maggots. And flesh. And flesh. And that's when Jordan comes in, her cool sister. And her sister's like, I know I'm two years younger than you, but you can talk to me about anything. Which is cool. That's adorable. That's great. That's a good sibling relationship. Yeah. If I ever met my brothers, like, who are younger than me at any juncture, it was horrifying and awful. I can't imagine having a good sibling. Oh. (laughs) They're... (laughs) <laughs> They'd be like, you were having a nightmare? Let me beat you with this stick I found. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it would be terrible. <sighs> so anyways, Jordan's cool. Yeah, Jordan's cool. She made me want a sister for a little bit. And then uh, the next morning, Rachel and Jake have like a nice little conversation about being small, scared animals together. They do. They connect. Yeah, they connect, and Jake's like, yeah, I know how you feel. You know, I had nightmares after I was the lizard. Um, And then they talk about how someday they might have to morph into bugs, which I think is interesting, (laughs) because from the limited amounts of things I remember about what I have read of the series is that bugs are a whole nother ball game for them. But that's all I'll say about that. Uh... And I'll just silently agree with you. Yes. It made me laugh. It um, made me laugh real hard. Yeah. But um, I was really actually very interested in um, the uh, the whole shrew reaction to being the shrew. Because that's, that like, I, I feel like that starts a whole nother, like, side effect of morphing. Because, um, like, like I kind of touched on the previous episode, is like, they had just started doing morphs and they started with really cool morphs or really kind of like not horrifying experiences but then they start expanding their repertoire a little bit and it starts getting a little weird and i just think it's a really interesting from an author's perspective to kind of imagine what it would be like to be in that animal's mind so i think that's that's one of one of my favorite kind of aspects of the series so far is just like kind of really getting into the psychology of what it would be like to be a shrew or a lizard or a bug you know and i think that was one of applegate's main like like that's what she set out to do with this series is to really get you in the animal's perspective Mm -hmm. and 
I find myself even now talking about some of their experiences like that is a fact of what it would be like to be that animal and until I learn like more facts about it I I maintain that as like this is my baseline for what I imagine this <laughs> animal's perspective is yeah so I mean I think she nailed cats oh yeah that's for sure totally yeah dogs I'm not really sure I feel like they have more depth to them yeah but cats she got mm -hmm. she's a fan of cats yeah Oh, side note, sidebar for this. I think it would have been cool to do uh, different breeds of dogs because different breeds of dogs are bred for different things. So, like, a Border Collie, which is a very, like, energetic, high-strung, I always have to be working and herding, mm -hmm. versus, like, I don't know, a Yorkshire Terrier, so you know. Do you want a, a minor spoiler that has not much at all sure. to the plot? Marco yeah. does get an Irish setter later on. Oh, cool. And they talk about the difference between Homer and the Irish setter. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. I mean, they're not that different, but... Yeah. Well, if Homer's a golden retriever... This... Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, they're both kind of... Like, they're both sporting breeds, so I assume... It... But they're they're bred for different things. Because setters are for spotting, and golden retrievers are for retrieving. I like dogs. Anyway, I, let's I move know, on. Nothing. I was just really ready to stare at you and listen to no, dog lectures. No, for a I'm not getting into that. All right, we are almost an hour in, and we're not <laughs> even halfway through this book. <laughs> no, but we're getting. So we can say that we're not halfway through this, but it. This is a really rapid fire mm. moments coming up. I had another. I had another. No, tell me. Tell me. Um. When uh, oh, this is going back to when Jake and Rachel were talking about different morphs um, mm -hmm. on the bus. Uh, a safe place to talk about morphing, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. No one will overhear that. <laughs> no one will overhear you on the bus. Um, I wrote something about touching on what I could be considered morph abuse, which is, or, like, using, not morph abuse, necessarily, but, like, using morphing as a coping mechanism. So, like, Jake oh, said he turns, yeah. he wants to turn into a dog when he's depressed because dogs are very happy and they know how to, you know, have fun. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting element to introduce. Like, I mean, if I could morph, I would turn into, like, a bird to fly around for a while, or I would, I'd probably just be a dog, actually. All the time. Because dogs have a good life. Oh, I have so much to say you to you right so now. You have so much to say on that topic. I have so much to say on that topic, uh, but and you I'm can't. holding it in. Okay, so. But I will say an opinion. Okay. That's not a spoiler, it's an opinion. Okay. I think that when they were younger, both their age and the rapid fire morphing is what protected them from a lot of the side effects of going through a war. I think that they needed that. Mm -hmm. they, if it was another age group, if it was a little different than this, yeah, it would have been much worse for them. Yeah. And that's hard to say because it's not good for them. No, absolutely not. But it could have been worse. Yeah. Hmm. And that's all I'll say on that. That's something to chew on. That's a, keep that at the, at the back burner. Oh God. Um. All right. So we'll start going into the rest of the plan, which is uh, the next day. They're breaking into her house, mm -hmm. and Rachel, she she morphs into Fluffer McKitty. She, as we said earlier, she kind of leans into the morph. She doesn't let go of the cat brain. Mm -hmm. She keeps the arrogance and the the. Yep. Swagger. Yep. That's a good word for it. Swagger. Swagger. And uh, she, she goes out and hangs out in the house and, and snoops around. And the first thing she notices is how freaking creepy the Chapmans are. Oh my are. god, they're so creepy. Yeah. Mr. Chapman's just sitting on the couch staring. 
at nothing. He's like that politician from Parks and Rec. Oh my god, you know yes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, I do. He just sits at his desk and stares at Oh the my wall. god. And they like greet him and he's like, good morning, the weather is good. And yeah. then he just sits like ramrod straight staring. <laughs> that's oh what I was god. imagining the whole time. That's it. Yeah, that's probably exactly right. Oh my god. And then Miss Chapman is like mechanically watching dishes. Watching, yeah. And not... Not talking or listening to anything or, or humming or anything. No. And I guess what Mr. Chapman was doing was just keeping track of time before his meeting in the basement. His creepy basement <laughs> his meeting. His creepy basement meeting. And like, they're saying the only noise in the house is Melissa like talking to herself or something. Up in her room, yeah. Yep. So... They go into the basement, mm-hmm. and in the basement is a sliding metal door. Not 90s standard for a basement. Nope. So, I guess it must be aliens. Yeah. So, uh, it is alien. Spoiler. It's an alien door. They go into <laughs> an alien bunker in the basement. Uh, Rachel gets out of thought speak range of all the other animorphs. Tobias was still talking to her up until the point where she got into the basement. Mm-hmm. Checking in on They couldn't her. hear each other. Right. And he's... He's really he's been talking privately to Rachel throughout the book. He's really yeah. Yeah. very concerned. The relationship is is growing quickly. You can tell they have a little thing going. Little thing going. Aww. They're being cute. Cute. They're just cuties. <laughs> so anyway. So anyways, going from cuties to they're in the basement yes. and they get locked into this room where they engage with there's a three. Monsieur three. They have a meeting where he demands the Andalite bandits. He gets really mad. Yeah, and he... He's like, what's the update on the Andalite bandits? And Chapman's like, oh, we haven't found them yet. And he's like, fool! And flips a table. Find them immediately! He flips the table and then cuts it in half with his tail. What I love is that he's just like, I, but I ordered you to find them. And it's yeah. like arguing with a toddler, like, yeah. but I can't find them. But I ordered you to. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why haven't you found them? He's very upset. And uh, he's extremely upset. And then he notices there's a cat in the room. And yeah. he's immediately like, Endolite bandits! God. And then <laughs> Chapman, who <laughs> is the one that saved Homer slash Jake in the first book, is like, well, no, that's not, that's my daughter's cat. Yeah. And Visitor 3's like, kill it! Kill it! And he's like, I can't, it's my daughter's cat. Oh, man. Then Visitor 3 takes a swipe at Rachel, and she swipes back, and all of a sudden he's like, ha ha, yes! <laughs> that is a worthy adversary. <laughs> it's a worthy adversary. <laughs> 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 fucking loves cats. I liked when he's like, if we could infest these animals, yeah. like, screw We'd be unstoppable. I would love that. If they abandoned the entire invasion of the humans to just invade cats. Oh my god. Like, because some of the bigger cats have to be... They'd be able to support a yerk, for sure. Yeah, it's like, how big are yerks? You know? So, they say slug size, but, like, you I know. Always ima- well, they say, like, two or three inches, right? Two or three inches long? Yeah. Are they fat, or are they, like, like leech skinny every um non tv shows <laughs> non tv show yurk i've seen and heard described it's described as 2 to 3 inches long and it's like this fat gray slug okay. so it looks kind of like a, a snail without a shell okay so i mean they could definitely fit into a lion oh, tigers yeah, for sure. Like, he could, if Visitor 3 believed in his plans enough, mm-hmm. he could abandon the whole infesting humans and go to cats. Yeah. And then that would be... They're, they must be fairly flexible, though, right? 
Yeah, because what they do is they crawl in through the ear canal, they hit the brain, and they expand their entire yeah, body. And like sink, a balloon. Yeah, and they yeah. sink into every, like, nook and cranny of your brain. Yeah. Oh, they could, yeah. They could totally They could totally do cats, yeah. Yeah. Especially because, uh, well, never mind, that's a spoiler. Oh. I was going to talk about the first animals they infested, which are tinier than lions. That's all I'll say. Okay. They could totally fit in a lion. Yeah. Fizzer 3 needs to believe in himself a little more. <laughs> and he does at one point ask, is this creature related to the to the orange and black oh, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, my favorite. Yeah. He's like, let me build... I don't care about any facts or details about anything going on underneath me or any of the other animals that these... that they animorphs acquire. I just want to know about cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh. We should... We could have recommended some good cat podcast for him yeah maybe he could like sit in a chair and then spin around and he's petting a white cat <laughs> it would totally fit <laughs> i say as i as, as i have a white cat in my lap that i'm petting <laughs> yeah but you're not yelling fool at me and like yes. ordering me to catch or like doing the, the dr evil thing oh god with my dimple or whatever that is <laughs> my dimple. i can't i can't describe <laughs> what i'm doing <laughs> you can't see me anyway um, Anyways, so, so Mr. Three loves cats. He does. He's a cat lady. I think that's the most important thing we have to cover here. Yeah. Mr. Three loves cats. That's the climax. That's of the climax the book. of this. And then they all died. Fluffernutter killed everybody. Sorry, Fluffernutter? Fluffer McKinney. I always here. call him Fluffer McNutter. When I don't read the books, I default back to Fluffer McNutter, and then I read them again. I'm like, oh, it's Fluffer McKinney. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb the name. End. It should be Nutter. That would make it a great name instead of a dumb name. God. <laughs> again, Flutter McPigeon. Flutter McPigeon. It's gonna happen. Maybe um, I'll change Wilcox's name to Flutter McPigeon. Do it. Okay. Okay. Done. Cool. <laughs> um. Oh. What, what happens then? Then, uh, he basically worms his way out of blaming the cat and, and says yeah. it's not an Analyte Bandit because she doesn't react. At one point, um, Visitor oh, 3 yeah. yells to kill her, and she doesn't react. Yeah. And that's what saves her. Yeah. She's cool as a cucumber. So, so, Rachel leaning into the animal brain is actually a benefit in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's a, it's a boon, right? Yeah, it really is, and it really is. I, it can. It's a double-edged sword, though, right? Yeah, and that's why I say she's like the weakest morpher. But at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it it matches her kind of like all-or-nothing personality. Yeah, like take. She's a high roller. You know, she's intense. She's intense. She's ready to rage at a yeah. moment's notice. Yeah, that's what I like about her. She's like a. Yeah. Okay. She's like the type of person that, like, you walk in at two in the morning, and you're like, "Let's go cause some trouble in the streets," and she'd be like throwing the covers off, like, "Yeah!" yeah! And I like that about her. Cool. So yeah, the the first time she barely escapes with her life, she's uh, told that you know the same sort of thing that Jake went through, where they are like, you know, they order them killed, mm-hmm. and they barely escape with their lives. She gets out of the house, comes running out. The animorphs are freaked out is it this first time she stays with melissa uh, yes it is because the second time the whole showdown happens yeah so right. the first time is before she comes out of the oh, house yeah. she yeah. hears melissa upstairs crying yeah because melissa came down oh oh that means the wife was there oh yeah because like after 
Right. After they came Chapman, upstairs. Yeah. This after, is important. After Chapman finishes talking to Visser 3 and they leave the room, uh, the wife is there and she's like, what are, what are our orders? Which, you know, she's a controller too. And, you know, they're kind of talking about it. I don't, I don't know, remember what the plans were. Well, the plan, they weren't even talking about the plans. This was, this is kind of an interesting, important plot point. They were not talking about the plans at this point. They were talking about how badly Visitor 3 is screwing up the invasion of Earth. Oh, right, right, right. And, like, how shitty of a manager he is oh of everything. God. And that's, like... That's interesting. It's super interesting because right up until this point, it's been, like, Visitor 3 is terrifying. Yeah. Like, he's... We are told he is our main enemy. Yeah. And now it's, like, he's terrible at his job. No one respects him. Mm -hmm. We all know he's terrible at this. Yeah. And that becomes another advantage for the Animorphs throughout the... Like, if there was somebody more kind of competent of a leader in charge of the Yerks at this point, the Animorphs probably would have been dead, like, a hundred times over. Sure. But there wasn't. It was Visitor 3. Who's a great villain. Oh, yeah. But he's just not a great, great leader. Right. So, yeah, they're talking about that, and um, that's when Melissa comes down and asks for help with homework. Yeah, and they're really mean to her. In the most loving way. Yeah. It was weird, like, kind of, no, honey, you can do it yourself. (laughs) We love you, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, like, Stefan Wise kind of scary robots. It is. And they... uh, she can tell her parents don't love her. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. Apparently they leave I mean, she knows something's wrong. Like, she knows. When your dad sits on the couch staring at nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be a little freaked. Yeah. I mean, at least put the TV on. Yeah. Try to be normal. Try God to be Chapman. normal. Yeah, for some a species whose specialty is, like, low-key invasion, they're not great at invading no. a lot of the time. And especially because, so I definitely thought... Melissa was also a controller, like, at the beginning. Like, I was like, why is Rachel being so stupid? Like, she's obviously, like, a controller, you know, if their friendship has fallen apart in the past few months, like, that's a dead giveaway. Her (laughs) father's a controller. You gotta assume her whole family were controllers. But this is the moment when you find out that Melissa's not a controller, but her parents being controllers is, like, messing up their relationship and being really hard on her, and that's why she's been acting weird. And... I totally forgot where I was going with this. But that reminded me of another point that I was going to talk about, which was um, that's where Rachel gets her motivation to fight. Yeah. Is this moment when Melissa's crying upstairs, she goes up as as Fluffer McKitty, Fluffer McNutter, (laughs) and and starts cuddling with with Melissa Mm -hmm. and trying to comfort her and, Mm -hmm. and purring. And while she's doing this... Everyone is standing outside and through Tobias screaming at her, get out. Because her time limit is almost done. It's coming, yeah. And she ends up getting out of there with ten minutes left, but the entire time she's going up to that last ten minutes, they're like, get out, you idiot. Yeah. And um, it it was important, though, that she stay because that, that gave her, her her motivation to to protect her friends. And it's, it's another moment of that loyalty that... Yeah. We don't hear the specific instance come up again. Like, Melissa kind of, she's not, you know, brought up every time Rachel goes into battle. But Mm -hmm. it's that same, the theme of the loyalty is there. Yeah. And that's what I think is important to her character. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, So they cuddled. She purred. She got the 
frick out of there. Yes. (laughs) And uh, then they're like, what did you learn? And she's like, well, Chapman's a controller. Mrs. Chapman's a controller. Visor 3 wants us caught. He thinks we're Andalite bandits. And they're like, so you learned nothing we didn't already know. Hmm. Let's go back. And that's why this plot is so confusing to me because we have these two times that she goes back in there and I can't keep them straight when I'm talking about them to you (laughs) until I reveal the ending. (laughs) Oh, oh, and I should also point out at this point, um, they had been hinting up to some, uh, sorry, my brain is is fried. You had too much sushi. Your brain is being eaten by worms from fish. They had indicated... Like, hey, Rachel, are you kind of okay in this cat morph? You kind of fe- it kind of feels like you really like the cat morph and that you're kind of letting the cat take over. Like, are you... Cat's out of the bag. Ah! <laughs> um, and uh, Tobias, in particular, was kind of worried about her um, in the cat morph, which leads up to the second time they go... Did anything happen in between... No, but that I I liked where you were going with that because Tobias is super worried about her and talking to her privately throughout the book because she likes the cat morph. The whole reason Tobias got trapped was because he liked the hawk morph yep. too much. He yep. sees that same sort of addiction yeah. in her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Damn. That's really good. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's scary. Oh god. Um Oh god. So they decide to go back in again? Yeah, they so they're going to go back in. Um, Rachel does not disclose to Jake that they oh, went what happened? herself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that she'd almost gotten killed in the basement. Right, and so she's going to go back in, and Cassie knows she's hiding something. Yeah. Cassie's like, what's going on, Rachel? And Rachel makes some bullshit excuse, but Cassie doesn't fall for that. Yeah. She knows. She's the emotional, she's the heart. Mm-hmm. Of this lame Captain Planet group. <laughs> oh, Captain Planet, <laughs> Captain, Captain Planet. Oh, my God. Captain so, Planet. Cassie knows something's up. And so, literally, this is how the pages go. The end of the chapter is something like Rachel saying, what are you going to do? Morph a bug and, like, get on my back and that's how you'll come with me? Ha, ha, ha. The next chapter is they're back. She's morphing a cat and Cassie's petting her for an extraordinarily long amount of time. Yeah. And by extraordinarily long, I mean, like, a couple seconds and it was suspicious. And Jake didn't show up. And Jake didn't show up because he got, he got grounded. grounded. Yeah. And Marco's all like, I don't know what he got grounded for. Don't ask me. Yeah. Which... You know, right, Marco. Flying saucers. <laughs> See, that's how we knew Melissa wasn't a controller. She never invited us to the sharing. Oh, that's true. She was never pleasant. Yeah. She never invited us pleasantly. Yeah, she was never like, oh, hey, Rachel, you want to hang out? You should come to the sharing. Yeah, there's yeah, cute right. boys at the sharing, there's Rachel. There's cute boys at the sharing. Damn her. It's gross. It's gross. <laughs> no one likes boys. They're 12. <laughs> Nobody likes 12-year-old boys. Nobody likes 12-year-old. They're covered in slime and they fart and a cooties. lot. cooties. Yes. That was literally the plot of all of Nickelodeon in the 90s. I mean, yeah. They're covered in slime and they're gross. Yeah. Lots of fart jokes. Lots of fart 90s. jokes. Lots of fart jokes in the 90s. It all started with The Lion King. Did it? Yeah, that Pumbaa was oh, the right. first fart joke. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I'm upset. Why? I don't know. About Pumbaa? No, about fart jokes. Oh. I hate fart jokes, but... Not as much as Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. So, that, well that's terrible. Luckily there's no fart jokes in this chapter. 
Or are, are there fart jokes in any of the Animorphs? Not to my recollection, okay, and I'm good. pretty good at remembering fart jokes. Okay, Kay Applegate had more. She had standards. Okay, She's like, these good. kids are already naked in front of each other, being eviscerated and dying, like their organs fall out. I'm not going to make a fart joke. Okay. I, I enjoy that. That's I'm going to imagine that's a direct quote from her. Okay. That's exactly. That's exactly word. what she. The word for word, she went into that meeting with her editor. She threw the paper notes on the ground. They scattered everywhere, and she said, "I am not writing a fart joke." Excellent. Perfect. So now <laughs> we have that out of the way. So Cassie pets Rachel for a little bit, and Rachel's like, "This is weird," and then leaves because she is a cat and does not wish to be pet anymore. And she's Rachel. She's like, I'm not going to think about this again. I only have two hours. I got shit to do. Exactly. So she goes. So she saunters into the house. Back into the house. Back into the house. Down into the basement. Right down into the basement. Because the last time she was there, she was told, like, you know, you're going to be killed next time. So she goes down there. She's uh, tracking Chapman right behind his legs. And Oh, yeah. Sneaking. Narrowly missing. Very sneaky. She was not very sneaky. She's, like, jumping behind, like, telephone poles and adhering her body to them, like, Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> she's being, That's a she's great, being super sneak. Super sneaky. Right up until the point that Jake goes, so where are we now? So what's up, Rachel? <laughs> so what's up, Rachel? And, and she, she freaks. She freaks the fuck out, as, you know, as anyone you, would. As you would do when you realize that a boy is stuck as a flea to your body. Yes. Or not as a flea to your body. I mean, I don't know. It just... Anytime a disembodied voice. Anytime a disembodied voice that you think is on your body comes and talks to you. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. So she freaks out. She almost gets caught then. And uh, then they, they there's a little bit of back and forth banter that amused me because it was kind of like, where are you? And he's like, I don't know. Where are we? Uh, and she's yeah. like, no, no, no. But where are you? And then finally she's like, we're in a situation. Ten words or less. Where are you? And he's like, oh, well, if it's ten words or less, then I guess I'm on you. And it's like, I think that was more than ten words. That was why I was amused. He's a flea. He's a flea. He's a flea on her. Yes. And she's like, you're sucking my blood. And he's like, well, you know. <laughs> yep. Flea's gotta eat. Flea's gotta eat. <laughs> and apparently the flea morph is pretty okay because he can't see and... His brain is tiny, and he just doesn't care about things. Yeah, and... Fleas don't care. It was funny, because, like... I mean, obviously it was foreshadowing earlier when they were talking about, like, how they would never want to do a bug morph, and, like, how that was very... The thought of that was disgusting. Mm -hmm. And then Jake's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bug. No big deal, yo. Yeah. Like, it's... I wonder if he, like, freaked out about it beforehand, and then had to, like, work himself up to it, and then found out that being a flea was actually okay. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Because a lot of the times with the bug morphs, they really have to talk themselves into yeah, it. Yeah. As... But, like, the more disgusting it is. Yeah. Oh, and the ant buck. Oh, I remember that. Everyone remembers that. That's not even a spoiler. Yeah. If you know Animorphs, you know about the ant buck. So that's coming up soon. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, they make it back in the basement, and uh, Rachel very sneakily hides under the desk. Under the desk. And her entire plan at this point is to listen to this Visor 3 meeting and jump over Chapman's feet anytime he moves so he won't know she's there. Terrible plan. Awful. Terrible. Awful. And the whole time, Jake's like, what's going on? What's happening? Why? What are we doing? What's happening hey, now? Hey, listen! Hey, listen! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, God. Jake. To no one's surprise, she gets kicked right in the ribs and yowls. Yes, and is discovered. And, of course, the second time you are discovered hiding in a room when you could have been anywhere else is very suspicious. Anywhere else, and you're hiding, listening on the on this phone call again. Yeah. So, like, Mr. 3 is like, kill it. Yeah, he's like, these... These are Andalite bandits now. Yeah. And then she stops even trying to hide it. Yeah. Like, he, there's a fight for a while. Oh, this was a, a favorite scene of mine. So they're fighting, and Chapman's trying to grab her as the cat. And while she's, Chapman's trying to grab her, she's swiping at him. She's turning his hand into mincemeat, is yeah. what she says. Yeah. And on the other side of Chapman, who's having this shitty time trying to catch this cat and getting injured and torn apart, <laughs> yes. here's Visitor 3, like, Yes, this wonderful creature. This is awesome. Wow. This is the best creature. Watch oh. it slice and dice. Like, poor Chapman. I really oh, felt man. for him. What a dick. What a what a. I think he's being awesome in this scene. He's just so <laughs> excited. Like, look at this wonderful creature. This is amazing. And poor Chapman in the middle of this. Like, well, I feel bad for like actual human Chapman. Yeah. Who is suffering the consequences of his yerk trying to handle this very upset cat. Yeah. This cat, Rachel. That's true. Yeah. That is true. So I hope Fluffer McKitty Nuts is up to date on his rabies vaccination. Because what if, like, Chapman just got rabies? And that was it. That's how Chapman died. <laughs> Fluffer McKitty kills every character. Oh, Fluffer McKitty... <laughs> Honestly, this entire book series could have gone very differently if Fluffer McKitty was the main antagonist in it. Oh my god. He would have had the animorphs. I was the, the villain whip. all along. I was the villain all He would have had the animorphs in hand, at, like, years ahead of schedule. Yeah. So anyways, they realize Rachel is indeed an Andalite bandit, and uh, he orders her at Draken Point into the cat carrier. Draken Point? Draken Beam, yeah. Oh. I'm have they... picturing, like... Like that game, Draken, Draken Guard or whatever. I don't even know that game. I don't. I don't I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm probably. saying I know it how wrong. to play video games. I, I know games. Well, it's a Draken. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, it's a gun. It's a it's a gun. It's a phaser, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a it's the Yurk version of a phaser. So of course, red light comes out of it. It's more painful. It yeah. explodes your molecules. All that shit. <laughs> what if you just like pointed the laser at the ground and Rachel started <laughs> <shooting? laughs> That's that's how you got out of this situation. Yeah. Oh, never mind, it's a cat. That would be amazing. Never mind, this is truly a cat. Jeez. Oh, God. That that would be a genius way oh, to, man. like, prove, like, yeah. oh, I'm really a cat. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. So, anyway, she, she's, like, she's looking at the door, and he's like, try it. I'd like to blow you up. Oh, oh, and then the wife, like, sticks her head in, and he's like, go get the cage that we use to take the cat to the vet. So she does. And then don't they start, like, kind of fighting oh right because Visser three is like oh yeah and bring me the daughter mm -hmm. so that we can put a yerk in her head yep and then the parents chapman and mrs chapman they start like fighting they they do they start fighting for their daughter yeah and... so they start trying to control the yerks and, and they're successful yeah like, for they... a little bit yeah they do, and Mrs. Chapman actually tries strangling herself. Which is fucked up. There's so much about this. These books are fucked oh, up. Oh, man, yeah. Like, there's some, some terrible things happen. Yeah. We're in book two, and this woman's trying to 
to murder herself through strangulation. Yeah, and, like, up until this point, we've had a couple of the, your, or the controllers um, have, like, facial twitches, like Tom mm-hmm. did last book, and then Chapman did, like, earlier in this book. Like, so there's already been an indication that, like, the humans may... They're aware of the Yurks, and they might even at some point have some a little bit of control um, to try and fight, which yeah. the Chapmans do now. Which was one of the questions I had really early on is, like, can the humans potentially take back over? Or, like, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, a little bit. And it, so so much of that depends, too, right? Like, how weak are the Yurks, and at what part of their feeding cycle are they, and... What's going on? Because the, the humans, um, I I don't think it's any sort of spoiler or anything to say it. Throughout the series, there's, when they have those emotional buildups, like humans are considered to the other aliens to be extremely emotional creatures. Sure. And when they have those high points of emotion, they are able to like overcome the, the yerk a little bit better. And like, it's not like they ever break out. <laughs> What are you? What are you giggling at? It was love. It repels Voldemort from the okay. bond. <laughs> yes, oh, love. Love breaks the spell. So when they're in love, the spells bounce off them, and the Yurks can't take over. Sure. No, they never like fully break free of it, and the sure. Yurk can always take back over. Yeah, but they can get like some nonsense gotcha. out. Gotcha. Okay. So they start to bust out, which is really. It's it's in. It's just it's emotional. Sad. It's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. And there's a there's more to the scene where um, they get Rachel in the cat carrier. She's telling Jake they're screwed, they're caught, blah, blah, blah. They're taking them to Visor 3. Um, they do not take Melissa with them because the, um, the controllers, Mr. and Mrs. Chapman, broke through. So right. they, and the whole deal was that they wouldn't infest her daughter if Chapman came willingly. Mr. Chapman. Yeah. And that leads to the heartfelt speech at the construction site. So they take Rachel back to the construction site um, because apparently this is where all major plot points now happen. I can't think of any other reason to take her back to the construction site. Right. They're like, we're landing ships here. That's yeah. where he died. It's yeah. like, you could have taken her to the Yurk pool. Yeah. Or to the blade ship itself. Yeah. You could, there's so many options. Well, but they. But, but the ships were flying in from orbit, presumably. Can they get down into the York pool? I. It just seemed like a convenient um, kind of landing point, rendezvous point for ships. The York pool is still under construction, so I'm not sure if they can land anything there yet. Okay. But theoretically, yes. But I'm not sure if it's that time yet. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) But there's much better ways of capturing her. There are much better places. So I don't know why they picked the construction site. But they did. Okay. And that's so where Visser, shit goes down. So Visser 3 shows up, and, oh, and, and then he talks to Chapman. Chapman himself. Chapman, yeah. real Chapman. Real Chapman. And he's like, you know, I I became a voluntary host in exchange for my daughter's freedom, and, you know, we didn't bring the daughter to you because I will, like, I will fight this year for, like, the rest of my life or whatever. Yes, and it's this very, like... It, it's, I mean, I know we've been building up to it because the whole thing is that Melissa's like, my parents don't love me. Things are terrible. Things at home are terrible. I mm-hmm. hate everything. She even had that like blow up with Rachel. Like, you don't love me. My parents don't love me. Sure. No one loves me. No one understands so, me. 
it's this moment where like he breaks through and he's like and the reason why i'm a controller the reason why all this happened is so you wouldn't take my daughter i would give up anything for my daughter my wife was weak i don't know why he threw his wife under the bus yeah <laughs> he's like she's it, weak it sounded like she was like a voluntary yeah post. it sounded like, and i would guess she was because she's still voluntary i mean they do give her a shout out at the end like oh she broke through as well so she must have some deeper thoughts happening but Hmm. that's weird yeah Yeah, that's really weird but he totally threw his wife under the bus yeah i'm not sure what happened she's terrible as a person (laughs) we don't like her oh man so he's like i i did all this to save my daughter and he's so weak he can't even stand up oh yeah he's like flopping talking is really hard for him too at at the beginning right he's having troubles and um visitor three kind of mocks him and says i have an andalite host do you not think that's a little harder than a human yeah he's totally right i mean i andalites and yurks are mortal enemies they're disgusted with each other through throughout the series but some of the ways they find out controllers is just when they think they see an andalite they just have to scream andalite with disgust andalite yeah and like part of the problem with the andalites is like when the animorphs are so used to stealth the andalites are like yerk with disgust so Mm -hmm. it's like it's this huge plot point and they're living together in the same brain yeah so he's right yeah yeah, super messed up and he's right, but I think it gave him some level of sympathy as well, because he's like, when your host is rebelling, he knows how hard that is, so he's like, hmm. would it be easier if I didn't infest your daughter? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, don't fail me again. And gotcha. lets him go. Yeah. That was my take on it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. That's what I felt. Um, Those were my feelings about feelings. this. I think he really did have sympathy. So, in the meantime... Rachel's still in the cage. Right, and Jake's abandoned her because she asked him to yeah, multiple like, times. She, yeah, because um, Jake uh, morphed before she did, and they're, like, really, really low on time at this point. So she said, Jake, mm-hmm. get off my back, go morph back, or you're going to be trapped as a flea. Right, and Jake had, like, five extra minutes on her as well. Yeah. So he, she's like, you know, you're leaving, get off me, go morph, go get out of here. There's no reason, like earth needs as many people fighting for it as possible there's no reason for you to give yourself up as well as me Mm -hmm. and um then when jake says he's gone she was like i know i know how to get this fool and she's like jake i changed my mind come back i want you to stay with me i'm scared or whatever and um she's like if jake was on me for sure he would have answered and Mm -hmm. said it's okay i'm right here yeah and this is uh rachel thinking she's being genius which She's very smart, mm-hmm. and this is a very smart move, mm-hmm. but Jake is the leader for a reason. Yeah. So, he knew Rachel's mind games right from the start, mm-hmm. and, like, five minutes later, he was like, so where are we now? In the most annoying freaking Jake fashion. Oh my god. This whole book, where are we now? What are we doing? <laughs> and she's like, Jake, you're still with me? And he's like, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> so. Like, of course I'm still with you. Of course. <laughs> Where else would I be? <laughs> it's very sweet. It's it's sweet. Um, I should just leave it at it's sweet because I keep thinking of it in more sinister terms. Oh, I keep like thinking long term. No, I keep thinking oh, like okay, lo- okay. I'm like this is a trait that oh. plays out Chivalrous a few more times. 
not not chivalrous to a fault, but the whole Jake is just one step ahead at every every moment. Okay. And this plays out in the books, and it gets to the point where Jake kind of walks you through it a little more. But um, Jake's maybe not ahead of everyone, but certainly one step ahead of Rachel at every point in this hmm. book. Interesting. Yeah, and I I love Rachel, but you know she's not a great planner. She's good. She's not great though. <laughs> she she just likes to do stuff. She does like to do stuff. So they they do get taken into the ship. They do have only a few minutes left. And Jake goes, I'm going to try a quick double morph. Oh, right. Yeah. Because they haven't been able to uh, rapid fire morph yet. That's they right. Tried it. That's a new skill. Mm-hmm. Because they have. A, they were talking about how exhausted they were from acquiring two morphs in one day. Right. And, like, it takes a lot out of you to morph. Like, that's... Understandable. That's brought up. Yeah. And you get more conditioned to it, but... They're getting exhausted from acquiring two morphs in a day, and mm-hmm. now Jake's like, I'm going to try to demorph, remorph, and come out guns a-blazing. Right. Meanwhile, Marco and Cassie are just turning on earth movers, undisclosed <laughs> Which, how? Like, did they leave the keys in the earth movers? Like... I'd like to admit, well, yeah, it was the 90s. Oh. Didn't everybody leave your keys in your car? <laughs> That's my excuse for everything oh I can't God. immediately explain. It was the 90s. No, I mean, they must have found the keys. And what I imagined in my head is turned the thing on and then just dropped a brick on the gas pedal <laughs> and let it go. And then also, um, Visitor 3 is like, prepared the ship for takeoff. And the taxing goes, it'll take like two minutes. Since when? This is like never brought up again to my best recollection. It's to Why? Move the plot forward. It's literally to move the plot forward. And then or... Mr. Three kills the taxon in question. He do- and then to orders the others to eat it. Yeah, it's like it's like that work in in the two towers. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Meat's <laughs> back. It's fucked up. Um, That's awesome. And then Jake morphs into a tiger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And attacks Visser three. Yes, somehow. somehow. And then Rachel also. Oh right, she, she like partial morphs inside the cage to break it. Yes, and then but Visser three ends up opening the cage too because he sees her starting to morph. And oh Jake's wait, wait, wait. didn't she morph like a human hand and like open the cage herself? I don't remember. I think it was Visser three that opened it. Oh, I. I don't remember the the hand morph happening, oh. but it's possible. I don't know. Put it down there as something Cassie could do, but Rachel probably could. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she yeah, was sure. really lucky. Yeah. Um, no, but she she gets out of the cage. Jake's the tiger. Jake starts wrestling basically with Visor Three, mm-hmm. and uh, Rachel tries to bolt, and she's trying to find anywhere to demorph because she's got like minutes left on yeah. the clock. Yeah. Um, and she thinks she finds a spot under this like slab of concrete. But the next thing we know, Visor 3 has morphed a giant golem rock monster with a right. tiny head. He loves his giant scary alien morphs. He does. He's a connoisseur of giant he's scary a, He's a connoisseur. He has a large collection. A large... <laughs> <laughs> but he turns into like a rock golem creature and they call out how funny his tiny head is. Oh yeah. Which he's got like a human sized head on a giant body. He does. It's and they're gross. like, it would be funny if he wasn't picking up this entire slab of concrete right now that right. is above me right so rachel gets caught out again 
And there's this really insane Matrix-style action sequence mm-hmm. where she's, like, running straight up walls and yeah. leaping over his arms. And, and throwing back to her gymnastics where she's like, oh man, I can do crazy stuff as a cat that I could never do as a human. Yes, that's true. I forget there's gymnastics. See, this is, again, I always forget that she has gymnastics completely running through everything. Ugh, so she was a, a gymnast and, you know, her human body was a lumbering cow and her cat body is a perfect gymnast so she's running through here jumping off of visor three jumping off is like you know stuff blah and at one point she like runs straight up a wall and jumps into the air and the next thing she knows tobias just grabs her by the scruff and flies her out to the forest which i not i kind of want to call bullshit on that call bullshit on it i i don't see how that's he grabs her by the scruff when she's jumping in midair. Yes. Like, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the weight of the gravity pulling the cat down would like pull him down. And then like his talons would probably like puncture her skin. And I, I, I don't, I just don't see how that works. Personally, I think it but... did. She said there was a sharp pain. So I'm imagining there was some. Puncturing. Oh man. He could have like punctured her spinal cord. Like yeah, she can morph out of it. They've done worse, I think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and he does say, like, oh, I can only take you as far as the forest. Oh, yeah. And then he throws her. He throws her. And then the other part of this that I want to call bullshit on is Visitor 3, looking for this small cat, is willing to morph into a giant stone golem and tear up an entire construction site to look for one small cat. But the minute the hawk grabs her and flies away in plain he, like, gives line up. sight, he's like, well, this is too hard. <laughs> I'll get you next time. Next time. Next time, if it wasn't for you meddling birds. Meddling birds. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm done now. You know, the hawks got her. Well, you know. This is hard. I couldn't possibly go that way. I couldn't possibly go that way. Maybe he can't leave the construction site, or he'll draw attention to himself, somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, In any case, (laughs) Rachel also morphs, like, while she's falling through the air, and she, like, hits the branch, and she's, like, fully human. I feel like. Or like, I don't know. This really cool action sequence in my brain. I'm getting tired. I like that I'm action. so sorry. No, I like that action sequence. Um, I I was trying to remember. I thought she just like morphed, curled up on the, the floor of the forest. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I don't we have just a very read this good book memory like this. today. <laughs> Honestly, it's been hours since I finished it. And already I'm like, yeah, I don't really remember. Because it's just such a dense action sequence that... Yeah. I have troubles following past Tobias grabbing her. Cool. Because that's what I remember. Like, all right, got her. And that's really where it ends, too. Is it? Yeah, they manage to escape somehow. Yep. And And then they make a comment about, like... Oh. Yeah, and they make a comment about what? Next time. And Marco's like, there's going to be a next time? Oh, and and Rachel left um, Melissa a note in her locker that says her dad loves her very much. Yeah, which is, they acknowledge it's a security breach, but it's something they do, and I think something they need at this point. Yeah. They need to know they're fighting for someone's. Yeah. And Jake does something similar to coming up. Mm-hmm. I won't say any more than that. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's sad. 
<laughs> and that's the up note they try to leave us on. They're yeah. like, oh, look, she left her a note that's so sweet and wonderful. But it's really just like, hey, your dad's he loves you. Yeah. You have this mysterious note saying your dad loves you. And they're like, well, she was really happy at practice that day. Well, yeah, but when she went home, her dad was still a controller. Yeah. yeah. Things are still messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, let me just look through my notes real quick. Oh, they also mentioned the Council of Thirteen for the first time in this book. Uh, All right. I didn't spoil that too far ahead then. Yeah. No, I already knew about it when you talked about it last oh, episode. Good. But Thank um, God. But yeah, I was like, what? Council of Thirteen? Is that like Organization Thirteen from Kingdom Hearts? Like, what is that? Are... I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. Really? I know that you oh. play as a guy with a key sword. That's that's basically... It's <laughs> <laughs> a very convoluted storyline. Anyway, it, um, so the Council of Thirteen or whatever. Uh, why is it Thirteen? Because it's an unlucky number. Okay. There's no... I do not know the real reason. I just threw that out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so apparently there's a Council of Baddies. Thirteen of them, yeah. Thirteen Baddies. Thirteen Baddies. And that's going to come into play later, I'm sure. Um, yes, it is. It is. I have a question about them, too, but I can't ask you because we're not there yet. All right. Um, <laughs> I think... Have, I think that's it as far as, like, any questions. I, like, I have some general questions about, like, how, the, how it feels to have a yerk in your head, but... We can save that for later. All um, right. That does um, come up soon. Okay. And there's a very good description of it, a very intense description of it. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Rachel was a cat, and she did stuff. Yeah, that's... That's what happened in the book. And her her and Tobias, are they had their moments in this book. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. OTP. OTP. That's that was my first uh my first pair Aww. that I wrapped. Marco, not much of him in this book. Nope. But what we do have of him is mostly him protesting. Yeah. Cassie, not surprisingly for being Rachel's best friend, I I don't feel it. The, no, I don't feel it. And I don't know that I ever like truly feel it. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Like they just don't have enough interactions. Like I definitely feel I feel like it's yeah i definitely feel like rachel and jake rachel and tobias and even rachel and marco have like a rapport for some for in some way but I, yeah I, I, I never really see her interact with cassie just yet yeah apart from like the narration being like oh they were best friends they, they are do best these friends. things together melissa is my second best friend yeah behind i was cassie. like is it is she is she know. though do you ever do anything together i don't know do you ever have fun together no nope. uh, it does you know what? I take that back. It does come through in some instances, but like in these first books that we've read, they just don't have enough interactions. Mm -hmm. So, but in future books they may. In future books they may. We'll just have to find out <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah, any other wrapping up thoughts about the visitor? Uh, what? How do you feel about Rachel as a person after this book? I don't know. She's kind of a hothead, and I feel like 
it might get her in trouble in future books, but I don't know. I think she's kind of badass. She's like, she's like the OP, like fighter of the group, kind of like the reckless, like Rachel rushes in type character. I don't know. I don't know. But again, I've only read Rachel and Jake so far, so I'll have to like reserve my judgment until the future. I'm getting really tired, so words are hard <laughs> to come by. <laughs> no, I just, I, I am, the, the reason I'm asking is because I'm just so interested in, in how you feel about the characters now, and then when I'm going to ask again, mm-hmm. like, later on, mm-hmm. it's, I just, I want to be able to play your answers back to you and be like, remember when you thought this thing? How do you feel about it now? me. <laughs> Oh, but those, that's all I had. Okay. Cool. All right. We better shut this down before we reach our two hour time limit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> 1.46 now. Yeah. Oh, boy. We went on a lot of tangents, but that's okay. That's, I like tangents. Tangents like are them. good. I like them. It's a very naturally flowing conversation. It's cosines that are a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Math. Fuck joke. that isosceles bullshit. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.